Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Q. And me, Roger Bell-West. And here we are in the dying embers of the year. The sky outside is grey, the, the trees are like skeletons. Roger, are you sure I can't afford um, a desert island somewhere with sand and, and That That's sun? fine, as long as you don't want you know, water or refrigeration or food. or. All right, all right, don't start. It is chainsaw season outside, but yeah, these things happen. Oh, it's very sad. Before I depress myself still further, uh, let us talk about what we're talking about. We're going to start with secret things, hidden things, and why and where they are hidden. Secret doors, secret passages, what are they for? Yeah, did, 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 did you mean to put that there, sir? Is it, did you get planning permission for that? Also, uh, intimidating settings. I, I've been, I've looked a few times at uh, Glorantha and Tecumel and thought, gosh, there's an awful lot of stuff about this. I'm going to be crying, courage, my boy! Take it with both hands. And uh, creating a culture, and indeed its dialect, when, when you're building a world. Do you, do you just borrow a real one? We do have cultural appropriation these days, it is a concept. Respect is a thing. So is, is there a sensible way of doing that without bogging down in uh, 20 years of research? But first, Warhammer. The Bundle of Holding has an offer on the first edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. It'll still be running for a couple of days after this drops. It ends on the 3rd of January at some point. So uh, if you're feeling like a New Year's present to yourself, this contains the core book, I think the sorcery book, and all of the enemy within, which yep. is a big rolling, rollicking campaign, which they sort of all tie together at the end, about uh, hidden corruption within the Empire and uh, digging out the secret uh, supporters of chaos and smiting them bloodily. I I ran this actually most of the way through once um, using GURPS because I didn't like the system (laughs) and because I do like GURPS. And it went uh, surprisingly well. I, it's very old school, and uh, well, it, it, I think it would be fair to say it was one of the first of the games to to go against the power fantasy thing. I mean, obviously, Call of Cthulhu sure. came earlier, but as a fantasy game, all right, as a fantasy game, it, 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 it was saying no, you, you're probably not great big heroes, and and if you if you learn sorcery, you seriously need your head examined because it is going, it's going to, to, to explode you. one of these days. Um, and you know, you, you can aspire to be a rat catcher. I think I think I think you start out as a rat catcher. You start if, out if you got the snap rolls. You start it, out it's as, one of, the, as, as one of the as one of the mean denizens of the road, um, and, and but you work your your way up to hero. That you you need to work your way up to hero by the time ta- ta- time the climax of the campaign uh, comes, <laughs> and you'll have been through uh, a dozen different half a dozen uh, different careers and learned their secrets and their mysteries and ways of doing things. Um, but as I, I as I say, it's a very enjoyable, very detailed, uh, full of uh, small in jokes in in German, um, pseudo German anyway. Um, yeah, if you if you actually speak German, uh, you will have spoilers for several several points. Yeah, uh, but 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 it's great fun, and the each of the each of the settings. I I think I don't think I've got a criticism for any of the bits of the setting are chunky well-constructed and capable of producing fine adventures and uh, glorious deaths. 
Yeah, the system itself is perhaps a bit clunky by modern standards, but well, it, the, works. it was tied into the into the into heavily tied into the war games rules, which is an insane decision, but I can see commercially why it made sense at the time. But yeah. Okay, we, we sort of encourage you if you haven't got this stuff. I, I, I've I've played a little of it. I've never never played or run the campaign, though. I do feel kind of tempted now. Ah. Also on the bundle of holding at the moment, um, as well as Adventures in Middle Earth, about which we know very little, is um, a release of the most recent updates for the Doctor Who Adventures in Time and Space role playing game from Cubicle Seven. This is, as far as I can tell, all the stuff, including the core book that they did for the Peter Capaldi era. It has things like uh, the uh, Paternoster Investigations crew, stuff about the Black Archive and what units are big units up to at the moment, and uh, a, 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 a book of adventures, a book of a bestiary, and we think it's a rather fine system. There's not everything that's interesting here, but there, there is enough to give somebody who wants to run games in the Capaldi era um, a good head start. And if, if you are new to the system, uh, you do get in this lot the base book and the GM's Companion, which isn't actually errata to the base book, but it has some errata-like elements to it. It's... And, and definitely expands on some, some of the things that the base book didn't really have room for. And you might want to take a look at, if you like this and haven't already got the other stuff, you might want to take a look at acquiring the, a PDF from, some PDFs from the previous uh, eras. They did do a previous bundle of holding on it, which we liked and recommended. Yeah, and and if you're like me and and prefer the uh, older versions of the show, they they do have some pretty good source books for the um, yeah, and and some good stuff well. about doing the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. You don't like wibbly wobbly timey. I don't like that phrase. It got so damn overused, and it 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 was just code for oh, I'm a lazy writer, but you love me. Yeah, it's true. We did, and he was, and he needed kicking more often. Anyway. Roger is not mutating into an alien thing at this moment in time. Anyway, we we, we recommend it to, it, it to you fairly highly. Yeah, it's a nice little lightweight system, and we, we indeed have a Waltz and Hall recording of me running it. Okay, and now for the rest of the programme. Onward! So I'm going to go uh, and ask a question which mostly applies to the sort of games I don't play at the moment or anymore, but which strikes me as, um, well, possibly of greater application. Secret doors. What are they good for? I remember back in the day, um, which was sometime in the late 1970s as far as I'm concerned, playing D&D and the, uh, the, the secret doors were a big deal. And secret passageways were a big deal. They gave the elf something to do. Yeah, oh, it was the elf. Or was I it thought, the thief? I thought it was the dwarf who could sense anyway. secret passages. The dwarf could sense sloping passages by, by more cunning means than having a, a, a small round thing and putting it down on the floor. Gosh. How very advanced of them. Um, <laughs> what the, good the, was the, sensing sloping passages, anyway? 
Well, that that always struck me as part of the adversarial GM model in that the GM will try to trick you into going somewhere and thinking you're somewhere else. And then you discover it isn't. This, and then this, the dwarf with his ability to detect sloping passages can say, aha. This indicates to me a degree of architectural obsessiveness in early GMs, which which has not carried through into the present. Have you ever looked at Castle Greyhawk when they finally released it? Uh, no. Well, I don't think I did, no. Uh, even without the room with the B-52 in it, there there is a lot of tortured architecture. <laughs> Presumably it was assembled... Either the castle was assembled around the B-52. No, I don't want to think about that. As far that. as I remember, it was actually in flight, due to dubious magic. Basically, you don't, don't, don't want to live through the Bombay. That's the Bombay of doors, how? But anyway. All right. The, um, the, the point is, uh, what are they there for narratively? Well, it seems to me that th- this is... In terms of um, Robin Law's beats, yeah, they are both a technical challenge. Can you spot it? Mm. Uh, and a reward for being awesome, which is you get you get to do this different bit of dungeon. Well, you yeah, can... uh, coming to, well, coming to Robin Law's, I was, I was going to leave Robin off off the discussion till later. But is given his what he says in Gumshoe about it's no fun if you don't discover the clue. Mm-hmm. Should that apply to to secret? Uh, to secret well, it's, it's a shortcut. It's an alternative way of getting at things. Well, hang on. I think there are two. There are two sorts of um, secrets. Okay. Um, do you ever play? Probably not. The the A series D and D modules. Yeah. No, I was out of it by then. I think. Um, the the first one of those, which was set up as a tournament game, uh, starts with. The secret passages where you are told it would be, and here is your way into the dungeon. Yes. And yeah. and this is why all the other people who've tried to get in here failed, because they didn't know about it and they had to go through yeah. the front of right. the big defences. So in, in, the, in there, I would say it is purely a plot device. Hmm. Well, I think I think it's... Looking at it logically, looking at it uh, Watsonianly rather than dualistically. Absolutely. Um, that there, there are two sorts. There are two sorts of secret passages. There, there are the ones where you... Um, uh, where they, they they are a way to and from something, they are a way into and out of the place, and let's and we'll we'll go with the patricians' rule that you should never build a dungeon that you can't get out of. Mm. Um, that they they are the emergency exit or the emergency entrance, and they're ways quickly to get from one part of the the complex to another. And you can say, ah, I never knew great Aunt Augusta had such an active. Um, uh, social life mm. uh, when you when you read when you rediscover them the so so those 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 are one sort the other sort are the rooms that are secret for a reason because they have something in it now that sort of second sort of room seems to be more likely to be the object of your quest than just a side issue i think and this is degenerating to uh, the thing I always try to do, which yeah. is, in this case, some, somebody built this. Why, yeah. why did they build it? What did they plan to use it for? Yes. Yeah. Um, and th- then, if you start thinking about secret rooms and secret messages as observed historically, mm-hmm. you start having reasons for them. Like, you know, this this is the panic room, so so I hide in here, oh, and it will nice. take it will take a while for people to break into it, and then by magically someone to help will arrive before they can. 
Yeah, our panic for example is. I've not seen that done in a dungeon, but I don't no, know. I don't know. In fact, it's a, it's, a log- it's a logical. Uh, uh, but but for example, the the, the temple of uh, moral dubiety might might well have something of that nature because well, the, I high, think... the high priest knows he's going to be attacked by by paladins and things at some point. Yeah, and uh, and, and and he can stuck up with with uh, spare spare tubes of Pringles and uh, uh, and uh, uh, and high class porter. Just a while away, and and of course, dancing maidens. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a while away at the time, dried dancing maidens. Um, you just had water. <laughs> but, but but that's that's one possibility. Hi- hiding the treasure if you don't mm. need to go to the treasure very often. Yeah. Um, a, a way for, as you mentioned, for 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 the, for the ruler to appear suddenly where he wasn't expected. Yeah. Uh, I could see it sort of working as a way for the guards to be able to rush suddenly where they're not mm. expected because you've only got you know your two squads of guards and they have to they have to be able to get to the whole thing. I think I think from both from a from an in universe and out universe point of view, there's a there's a case for designing the secret passages first and then building the rest of the thing around it. The well, and it needs history. I mean, pre- right, priests yeah. priests holes make no sense without. Without the, the without the reformation, yeah, yeah, and, and and without and without the reaction to Bloody Mary, yes, yeah, it all all has to have contact. But but I'm I'm thinking that from from a from a from a, a GM runner's point of view, if it's going to be there and it's going to make that much of a difference, and tactically speaking, it should make a difference when the guards burst in immediately uh, to your left without you noticing anything. Hmm. Um, then, uh, then I think it should be designed in from an early stage. But then there's also the Gormenghast sort of idea, the, the the palace which is riddled with secret passageways and things people because have it's been going for thousands of years and everybody has their own. Yeah, in essence. Yeah, I think that uh, that's and and, and you, you you might even get to the point where a passage has become secret simply because somebody somebody built over the front of it for convenience. Yeah. And it's now been, it's now two generations later been forgotten about, mm. and that that is just as much a valid shortcut for, from a from a dungeon delving party's point of view. Well, quite. Um, they should they they should know. The I think the the white I think white's in the the trope is in D and D to start with, is because of pulp um, inspirations. The Conan and people like that were always. Sneaking into places by means of a secret passage, uh, swashbucklers as well. It's a it's a very yeah. I, th- I think one needs to be careful though, because obviously you, you want a reward for discovering it. Mm. Now, discovering it has a cost. It means you're going more slowly. You're you're recruiting somebody who has that skill rather than something else. However, it wants to take it. But I do feel that the reward for discovery should not be that you do less of the dungeon, because doing the dungeon is kind of the point of the exercise. As distinct from getting to the end of it, this this is a, this is a style, yeah, a genre right. trope, really. But, you, but the, you, the thing are, that players are here to do, the thing that they enjoy doing, is having having the fight, not bypassing the fight. Mm. I have been in. On the other hand, in a more realistic game, that would be fine. Sorry. Yeah, I have been in in games where we were quite delighted to find a means of bypassing everything the GM was going to throw at us. <laughs> And, the, and and the, half of the pleasure was the look on the GM's faces, on the GM's face when he when he realised what we'd done to him. Well, also uh, 
again, if you have a, a mission-focused dungeon, you know, re- rescue the princess. Mm. It's it's great if by the time you burst into into the dark temple, they're only on stanza three rather than stanza five hundred. Well, quite. It, it doesn't make it as dramatic from their point of view, but you can still have the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, we're uh, talking of talking of dark rituals. There's another sort of, of a secret door. The secret door that conceals also the bodies of all my previous wives. Mm-hmm. And um, or the 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 exotic and expensive equipment I need for my vile perversions, or the altar at which I sacrifice to dark gods. Mm, well, that, that that's a, a reason to keep it secret from other people inhabiting the whatever it is, or at least from um, uh, the, uh, the 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 anti priest's hole, in effect. Yeah, the uh, the the evil high high priest low hole. Um, the secret evil high priest. Yeah, hiding stuff is complicated. It's not easy with servants. If you've got servants, and let's face it, if you've got a castle that size, you're not going to dust it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, magical servants can change this somewhat, but even they tend to be non-trivial to keep going. Well, yeah, I think I think magical servants are probably the uh, servants who are animated dust brooms, and uh, mm. that's that's why 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 it's like that. Um, the, the the beast has has really. Really more disgusting habits than beauty ever find out. <laughs> um, how complicated can you make the way into a secret room, dungeon, passageway? How, what sort of barrier should it be? I mean, I always tend, well, it's always what, tends what's to be. Saying, it tends to be the usage again. Yeah. If, if, if it is the evil high priest escape tunnel. Yeah. Then he has to be able to get into it really quite swiftish. Yeah, but and and, and, and does, at that point he doesn't really care if anybody else knows about it. He just needs to be able to shut it firmly behind him. Yeah, so so it might be a false plaster scrim, and you, and you pull the right handle, and the whole thing comes off and reveals the door. Then you close the door, and it's very bolted behind you. Yeah, one use that's that's the one use only. Yeah, uh, which leaves you with the, with the dwarf and the berserker hacking at it with their axes, hmm, which is fine. This, this is a desirable outcome. Yeah. Uh, but if if it is, for example, for for, for oh, there, there have been something things that would be regarded, I think, as concealed passages, sim- simply so that the servants can appear when they want it. Yes, that's true. Um, it, effectively, it, it, because the people who are, who are living in and paying for the castle mm. want to be able to ignore the servants, they they will have their own corridors, and there will be a separate network of servants' corridors sometimes. Mm. And, and the doors, the doors into those will will be not obvious because they don't want to be reminded of them. Uh, and that's probably concealed door in D and D terms. It's it's not completely hidden, yeah. but, it's, but it's not immediately obvious that it's a door. And it's the way that what's his name, the thief in um, the Father Brown story, makes his way into the into the society of upper class gentlemen. Flambeau. A flambeau, because uh, the, the the man who, man with the strange footsteps is that what it's called? Queer feet. Man with queer feet who uh, who ch- changes persona halfway down the corridor from mm. uh, uh, from servant to gentleman. And, and and each lot of people see him being the other and think, oh well, he's out of place, but yeah. he's probably got some reason for it. Yeah, the uh, an abandoned set of uh, of servants uh, passageways is both. Mm, that's interesting. It would be would be a very nice feature in a haunted house. Um, I'm not sure where that that's that's going, but yeah, it's, but, it's an even nicer feature in a not really haunted house. All right, let, let's assume that there that we're actually 
we're 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 we know there's a secret room where he's keeping the maiden uh, prior to uh, either debauchery or sacrifice. Does one really need to choose? <laughs> Simultaneously, is a matter of tricky timing. <laughs> um, the uh, how complicated should it be to get into to there? Um, I I've never played any of the. Uh, Mission Impossible style or leverage, maybe I mean games, um, where where the fun is is in the is in the heist and in the in the getting up and getting through. But so maybe that sort of game cares more about this. But for most um, for most uh, for most uh, games, I, th- I think you get into the into the ar- archpriest's bedroom and are searching for the. Uh, the secret passage. How big a deal do you want to make of this? I think the the the, the answer is the question. How big a deal do you want to make of it? Mm. Well, how, well, how much is, fun is, can this, you extract from? Is that this process? a minor incident along the way? I mean, it would depend on the party. It would depend on the game. If if I had uh, the sort of party I I tend to have mm. because of the sort of players I tend to have, where somebody will have put some points into um, art, decadent art of the previous empire. Yes. Then I'm absolutely going to say make a roll on that, and hmm, that's that that frees. Somebody's covered up the naughty bits, but it definitely looks like, and that's really not a thing that should be in a high priest's bedroom, and <laughs> and and that will tell them where to look. All right. I, I on the other hand, there is uh, I I came across a GM recently who wanted us to decipher a code. I actually do do. I mean, she said it was the simplest code she could think of. But my brain went off in, into into more complicated codes than I knew, and therefore I didn't know what the hell I, I was going on uh, when the others w- worked it out quite quickly. Um, I, I found that tedious, and and uh, and uh, if you could project, produce a an actual physical thing for them to look at or poke around with, I think that would be the maximum fun. Well, I, I'm with. thinking more of. More of this is a chance to, to let the characters show off their skills because this is the thing that players generally enjoy doing. Yeah, um, I'm, I've never really been a fan of the "here is a puzzle that the players have to solve" because that's not not a thing you can do in character. True. Well, you uh, can, you can't think better in character in character than you can out of character. Um, that's true. That's true too. You are limited to your natural intelligence. On there, the other there hand, are, there you... are tricks to, to to make that work better, but you can't do them at the table. I think the uh, perhaps we should explore that now l- later. Um, I think if you've got players who are enthusiasts for this, and since I never bring it up, I never know if that if I have. <laughs> um, that, then I think I think you should you should probably try and find a way for them to uh, fiddle around around with it and and uh, and get uh, and get their their ability of showing off. How clever they are, as opposed to how clever their characters are. Yeah, it, it, I think it really depends on the sort of player. I don't think there's a universal solution. Uh, so, some players will will enjoy describing in detail how they're searching everything. Mm-hmm. Some players will enjoy their characters having an obscure skill that they can use. Um, some will say, "Well, to hell with that. Let's just get on with the fight." Yeah. The trouble with secret doors is you can always get it cut, cut to the fight. If you've got sufficient firepower to blast the damn thing open, well, I, I regard it as a steganography problem. The, the the difficulty of a secret door is not opening it, but knowing where it is. 
Oh. First of all, knowing that it's there, then then working out where it is. And y- yes, if if you know that there is a secret door in in, in this five foot section of wall, you can fireball it. Mm. Um, the, 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 but, the... but you but you know only that it is somewhere in somewhere in this room because we chased the guy and he's not here anymore and there's no trace of magic. Yeah, the prudent the prudent e- evil overlord has fireproofed his his secret door, which is uh, which is tool steel and, and thick. Mm-hmm. But Speaking as a GURPS player, I, I always regard the lack of armour piercing on the viable a great uh, disadvantage. <laughs> research, my dear more research. Ah, oh, explosive isn't good enough for you. Well, what one essentially wants is the shaped charge fireball. That's true, that's true. Oh, if only I'd remembered to pack my shaped charge fireball. All right. Is there more fun to be squeezed out of this? Well... I, th- I think again the thing I'd really come keep going back to is the history and context and, and the way you can show history and context. Yeah. You know, the the you know, if if the thing was originally a priest's soul, then it, then it might have symbols of the old band religion on it, which yeah. quite possibly the new user hasn't bothered to to erase. But that then tells you something about the people who built it. Yeah. If you have the sort of campaign okay. where that's important, because you know if if it's just we're going to take the treasure, then that doesn't matter really. I, well, I think it's it, it's very it, if it's done right, it's very important in Tecumel, because Professor Barker built all those previous civilizations hmm. into the background, and and uh, this is merely an Eng's fan Yali garderobe turns into. No, I think you'll find it dates from the time of the Fisher Kings, and that hideous croaking sound indicates you should probably not. Attempt to use it uh, for a privy. I, I believe there was a, there was a road that collapsed in Bristol where they thought, okay, well we knew about the cellar. Then under that it turned out there was a Victorian wine cellar, and under that it turned out there was something else, and they they eventually got down to something approximately Roman, hmm. and decided to stop there. <laughs> Why? Because they because the road was still up, and it was several <laughs> weeks later. All right, let us pass on. It's a thing I have always said, or at least often said, that I look at something like RuneQuest and I think, gosh, there's an awful lot of stuff there. A lot of things you've got to know if, you, if you're able to answer questions about the world. And to some extent, I feel the same way about Tecumel. But there is another role-playing setting with an awful lot of background stuff. And that is Call of Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft's fiction mm. in general. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, three quarters of a million words, if, if you're generous about it. And that, that's before you get to the collaborations. Yeah. And I don't find this intimidating. Perhaps, and I, I was wondering why not. Well, perhaps you're not intimidated by Lovecraft. Um, he is a very odd figure and um, not one, not one that one feels... Immense artistic respect for. Um, well, part of it is that if if you read the stories, it's pretty clear, at least to me, that there there was never any particular intention of of creating a what is now regarded as, the, as a coherent mythos. And Derleth did a lot of that, putting it together and synthesising it and so on. But yeah, but basically, but, when Lovecraft wanted, had a new story, he'd invent a new monster for it. 
And, and he'd throw in a few references from stories he's written before just to make it have depth. I yeah, mean, it, 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 he never it, thought about the depth. Yeah, if, if you look at the references to um, a, a, a certain book, it seems pretty much everybody who goes to Miskatonic University reads the Necronomicon. Well, it's, 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 it's probably a fraternity initiation or something. Well, yeah, it's a wonder that their copy hasn't fallen to pieces by now. Um, but the, the whole thing... Well, first, first of all, it's, got, it's rooted in um, a world that is historical and you can access. It's rooted in, 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 the, in the real world. Mm. Um, it's laid on top of the real world with Lovecraft's peculiar obsessions. Um, and therefore you can bring in the real world to it to support it. Yeah, and you it's can have tr- actual bootleggers or flappers or whatever. And its tropes are... Does Lovecraft do anything really new in terms of the horror story? Um, I would say he invented existential dread-type cosmic horror. Hmm. Now, that's not always what happens in the games. True. The, ge- the games certainly have their share of, gosh, that's a big monster, rah. But um, yeah, well, that, it, that, that, that's what impresses me about him. That's what I try to put into the games I run. It, yeah. Well, I, I, a lot of Lovecraft's existential dread strikes me as being very dated now, as being very Well, yes, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a response to the latest scientific knowledge. And, and the... the it's a very American response and a very Protestant American <laughs> response to, uh, gosh, oh, all the things we thought were so are no longer so. Whilst I think the Catholics were mostly being, you know, hey, this is cool. We can handle this. We have depth. They panicked a bit later. But... Well, yeah. All right. The, 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 but the, that, that, the, the implication of... I can't help feeling that we are the generation which Lovecraft thought uh, all the uh, all moral uh, what we call it will have broken down uh, with a dreadful knowledge of uh, of our insignificant place in the universe. Yeah, part part of this I think is is it's why I, I actually regard it as a, as, a, as a good period piece. I, I prefer the nineteen twenties nineteen thirties setting yeah. to modern. Um, and and I think the the people I play with gem, generally accept accept that as well. You know, if if you're playing a character in the nineteen twenties, then then you, then you might well find relativity quite shocking. Mm. Uh, but I think that I think where it works best is the uh, is the moments where you see forces from outside the earth, which don't have to be infinite, just have to be better and bigger than us, coming in and reaching and, uh, down and just swiping us aside. Uh, the, the, the model I use is field mice. Mm. The field mice do not understand the combine harvester. Yes. And um, I, I, if, I, if, if you get a really smart field mouse, it might manage to do itself some harm with a combine harvester. But, but basically, it, 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 there, there is no point of mental contact between farmer and field mice. The farmer does not care about them particularly. Mm. Um, uh, but but he's not going to he's not going to care even slightly if they get destroyed either. And yet the field mice can steal from the farmer, and can fe- and if they were different, if they were rats, they could feast upon his corpse um, <laughs> when he finally falls over from a heart attack. All right, so you you feel you you grok um, you uh, it, it you grok Lovecraft, but but. I, th- I think one of the things may be that there, there is a worldview that is essentially Lovecraftian, and that is something that I can mm. simulate for game term, game purposes. 
All right. Well, I think in that case, one of the difficulties about RuneQuest is that it has embedded into the universe numerous um, cosmological views, and none of them are said to be false, um, and none of, none of them are said to, said to be true. All things are true. Even false things are true. How can that be? I don't know, man. I didn't do it. Uh, the words of Malclips the Younger brought to you at this festive season. <laughs> um, the all right, uh, but but that's that's one difficulty which I counter by saying you start with one of the cultures, normally the Orlanthi, uh, sometimes the Lunas, and you say this is the local truth here, and there, there's plenty of of, of texts which will tell you what a particular group of people believe, who they think is important, and even what they think of those other heretical bastards o- over the other side of the ridge. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you start and build up from there. It is unfortunate that both of the settings, Tecumel much more than uh, Glorantha, have deep history, and people feel they need to know about deep history. But they don't. Then you need to know... You start with the particular... Um, you start with uh, RuneQuest is very good for doing gritty street level games um, for grubbing around, grubbing around in the rubble uh, of Parvis and bringing back the little bits of magical trinkery you found and using them to pay your par- bar bill mm. and uh, whilst all the time being ripped off by the lunar authorities the Parvis is, is, I th- I, is like Casablanca with a big dungeon attached to it. <laughs> the the authorities are, you know, not entirely on your side, um, but they do ex- accept that there's a certain amount of jiggery pokery, and there, there's profit to be made um, as well. And, and yeah, that that's what Parvis I think feels like to me. What Robin Laws is going to do with it will be an interesting development. Yeah, but I, I think my liking for having access to all the little details of things suggests I should probably have bought the guide to Glorantha. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, certainly one of, one of the difficulties is accessibility. Yeah. I, I'm not sure the guide is the, is the best place, but there are, there are book, books out there that, that can do it. I, I feel that the, the fact that lots of the stuff nowadays is about, is at the cosmic level and tells you stuff about the cosmic level does blow plenty of people's minds and mm. too early. Whereas um, I would say that a game like uh, the computer game, King of Dragon Pass, is an ideal way to. It'll tell you both about the. It'll tell you about the deep legendary of one people, um, and it starts with questions, and but you are playing the, the members of a, of of um, a clan. Um, and you're, you're settling a particular place in the in the uh, in the, in Dragon Pass, which was abandoned by your ancestors, um, and you're going back and resettling the area, and um, and the things you find out about the legendary come by stages, and uh, I become useful to you mm. by stages, and most of the time you're deciding. Well, we're running out of food. Um, we'd better get some more hunters, or uh, cut back some more land, uh, or our neighbours are are asking this of us. Um, should we give it to them? Um, who can we ask for a favour in this particular area? 
and you're trying to make yeah. your clan stronger and it's it, it's very rooted it's not not it's not individuals grubbing in the in the in in the in the rubble but it is it is the the leaders of uh of a clan trying to make sure that their kinfolk survive yeah i see. i can't remember the details but there there was one you did which was basically you you lot are the tribal warriors yeah and at least to start with, it was here are standard tribal things to do. You know, make 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 sure that nobody's been crossing the borders who shouldn't be, and yeah. uh, go and do a cattle raid and things like that, or whatever they use instead of cattle. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but that that sort of thing seems also to be to be a good starting point. Yeah. In that it's a little bit unusual, a little bit outside people's user expectations. Mm. Um, as in, you're you're not a bunch of ne'er do wells who want to go off and get rich. Yeah, so so it's saying it's it's giving a, a flavour to the setting. Yeah, and responsibility and context. Um, I have, um, and 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 from there, and the people who are actually ne'er do wells and wandering from place to place came from somewhere. Um, I've run I run a run a Glaranthon campaign. In which which started with the warriors of the, of the of the clan, who have to leave because um, they took part in the rebellion. The rebellion has been squashed, mm. and they're just going to have to wander until they can find a place for themselves again. And that allowed me to do allowed me to take them all over the place um, within, within their their local area. But but they, they they saw a good deal more more of the world and the weirdness of it. Which which I've absorbed, but that's not something everybody can, and and used up a lot of material that I uh, that I had. Um, but I don't I don't think I think Tecumel, which has a reputation um, for being abstruse and difficult, shouldn't be because again, it has the option. You're starting in uh, a small group, a clan, a temple, or a legion. And you're in a context, yes, but you want to be the GM, don't you? And you want to know that context. Well, when, when we talked with Old Geezer, it sounded as if a lot of the uh, games of that that sort of era were basically dungeon bashes with with different paint. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, yeah, I and and one could presumably build from there to something that engaged more fully with the society. As in, gosh, you you've now got a huge pile of loot. Yes. <laughs> Um, may I introduce the Imperial Tax Collectors? <laughs> uh, have you ever considered the virtues of buying yourself a barony, my boy? Uh, <laughs> I happen to have one that's going cheap, in need of a good uh, a good refurbishment and a new owner. Um, or perhaps... Why, why, yes, you will have to remove the previous owner. But, but you'll have the King's Letter on your side. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> hiring hiring a, a small band of legionaries is... is Ah, I'm sure arrangeable at this moment in time. Yeah, the I actually I think I think the one where you where, where you you get sent there, and you discover no, he isn't actually dead. Well, not dead, dead. Um, <laughs> there's a reason that, that the crops are blighted, and the old lord is it. But yeah, the <coughs> it depends what kind of fun you want to have. Um, but. I, I, what, what is? Have you ever tried reading, reading any of the stuff, or are you? I've tried just reading the, the uh, various core sets. Yeah, 
which included a certain amount of introduction to the world. And the main feeling I got from them, and I don't know why I didn't get this from Call of Cthulhu, is that there is so much more stuff out there that they're just barely hinting at. Ah. Well, you could... This is an advantage and a disadvantage. If you're stuck... I I keep saying how much I like thick, chunky settings. But... So... Yeah, all right. but, But one does have to absorb them. It's also true. I... I think the good thing about um, about Garantha and Tekimel is that uh, there are these bits that you can get into straight away, and and who which have cliches and tropes which you can use. Mm. The 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 port city of Jakala uh, is 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 pulp is a pulp fantasy setting uh, wound wound up to the nth degree. Uh, with sacrifices and dancing girls and a foreigners' quarter, and or, and lots and lots of things that you can make use of, and say, well, I'll use this, but I won't use that. There are some settings where they give you a bit and then say, but the rest is up to you, and mm. that in a way is good, but it's also um, something that causes my brain to shut down a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think that as with Traveller, one has to accept that my, my Glorantha is not necessarily going to look all that much like your Glorantha after that's they've true. both been running for a bit. Well, I, th- I think that's true. That's true of of any any setting. I find um, I don't know. I've got stuff that I have tried to um, make use of, and I have even to a limited extent. Uh, Eurasia, uh, the Grave of Heaven, is very nice. If you like panty raids and peculiar Japanese flavored fantasy, okay. Um, I, I, I don't know why, but it's 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 in there. Um, and uh, Han is nice if you like gritty medieval detail and a lot of names and things that don't make any sense to you. Yeah, Han was one of those things that I didn't know anybody who had, but I knew people who knew people who had it really. Yeah, oh, I have it. it, it it's in a, in a shelf um, in my flat, gathering dust. Um, I found there that the the problem was that there was there was nothing but high level setting. I've, I mm. mean, fairly high high le- level. There are cities. Uh, there are the names of the kings and the and the and the high priests and the, and the factions. But there was nothing because they made the, the choice to freeze it in time partly. There was no sense of ongoing dynamic and no sense of where this could go in the future. Mm, we've talked about that a bit before. I think the best solution I've seen is, is the transhuman space one where, where they said, yes, the, the setting is frozen in time, but here are a bunch of things that could happen in your campaign. Mm. Well, I've never seen anything like um, a decent... I've seen... They do brilliant settings, beautiful maps, Um a huge amount of detail which I can't bite into and use unless I wanted to do complicated feudal level court intrigues. Sorry, which which thing is Han. this? Right. Han. Um and but as far as travellers con- concerned, all I, I all I need to know is the Im- immediate uh, sector and the politics there. I don't need to worry about who's emperor. The, the mountain is high, the emperor is far away. <laughs> Yes, well, speaking as someone who, who's uh, among the masses who felt betrayed when the, when they killed off the emperor, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, the, the whole point of it was that it was, yeah, there was stuff happening, but there wasn't metaplot happening. Oh, God. <laughs> but that's, that's a separate thing uh, we've I, already I, talked I, about. I, 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 I just objected to... to, to uh, what was it called? Travel of the New Era? No, what the Mega Traveller? Obje- that was the Civil War. Um, I, yeah, I objected to Mega Traveller on the grounds of pure miserableism. <laughs> um, uh, let's let's take an interesting setting and make it go bad. Mm. Get enough of that in the real world, for goodness' sake. So, yes, I, I, I can't help feeling that that the the, the modern love equivalent of uh, Lovecraft's shock at modern science would would be. Um, Hang on a minute. I thought I thought we were. I thought we'd all agreed that democracy was basically working. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you get on, you get on the internet, mate, and some and and find the Chinese trolls saying, "Yeah, told you so." Yeah, rubbish, rubbish. You go for you go for modern meritocracy, matey. Yeah, you'll you'll be happier. Yes, you will. <laughs> oh, you will. You no, will. Really. <laughs> And, and I'm not quite sure what the Russians are trolling us with at the moment. <laughs> they do. They do seem to be clumsily obvious about it, though. Which is which oh, is, well, that's just the obvious ones. That's, that's to distract you from the subtle ones. All right. Thank you for your increasing my paranoia, Roger. Oh, the, the, the sure sign of conspiracy theory thinking. Hmm. You, uh, you, you, somebody says X is Y. You point out. Here is a thing that is that is inconsistent with X being Y. They say, "Oh well, that just shows that they've been very cunning and, and deceptive about it." Do they ever identify? Do they ever identify they in that sentence? Well, that depends on the X and Y. All right, it's an enemy of choice. In any case, um, in any case, I would I, I would say I'm perhaps less terrified than I was. Okay, I I I I will I will content I will continue to pour oiliness on troubled water and smooth your your fevered brow. I, I have a nice nice hot cigarette lighter. <sighs> Wolf, we will go on. quite a bit, uh, whether we're playing in our own worlds or other people's, is inventing cultures and indeed dialects, or expanding on ones that are just hinted at. So how does one go about doing this specifically? Do you borrow real ones? And if so, how is it possible to do this with, with some, in approximating a way of approximating respect, first of yeah, all? Yeah, respect is going to be an issue here. Uh, the, the easy way, obviously, the easy way is the old wars of Scots, or alternatively Welsh approach. Mm. You um, you take an accent you can do, uh, at least to some approximation, and a culture you know a little bit about, and you transplant. Uh, but it produces that urban lowlands or highlands Scots, Aberdonian, obviously. Um, <laughs> Ah, so, so really, we want to be building steamships, but they haven't been invented yet. So yes, yeah. The, the, this is why the, they are they are so. I probably not should try and do that because we have our listeners all over the world who cringe. <laughs> um, the, the, but obviously, the, that's why they are all so angry. They have not yet found the the, the need of their soul uh, to build steamships. This is it, mate. And you and you use that, and you build up around it, which is all very well. But it's it, it it carries assumptions with it. 
Yeah, particularly when it's when it's a culture that's got got the um, nasty end of the stick historically. Yeah, um... it, 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 it is appropriation, really. And I, I, th- I think one can do something about that, but it need, it means doing quite a bit of research. Okay, so you know, here, here, here is the mindset that produced this culture. Here is the situation that produced this culture. Right, we can fit this in, but I, but then it starts drifting away from the, from the original, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it also means it's more, it was more work to make it. Yeah, I. If everybody sounds home counties English, or you know Midwestern American, depending on where you're listening to in your games, then you're losing flavour. You are. Um, yeah, not, my, you're my, not giving a feel of the breadth. My I, generic enlisted man NPC, right you are, sir, has come up far too often. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I can't recall all who my players were were telling me I was reusing the accent of uh, yesterday when I was playing the uh, the mind of an ancient shipyard. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was somebody fairly up across. But the but the the problem is yes we 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 have a limited number of voices we can do well even the most brilliant amongst us, um, and and yeah uh, so some of us just fall into the omni accent so let's yeah, not talk about oh, that my dear my mummers has been has seen some service people who have never heard either an Indian or a Scotsman can say that that accent is not either of them yeah. <laughs> uh, the the problem. Here is there are bits of cultures I would like to appropriate if I was skilled enough. Um, I attended a writer's course recently, and and a lady came came along who was West West Indian in origin. She was talking about the fact that her native accent is, I think, technically either a patois or a pidgin, because the slaves were forbidden to speak anything but English words found themselves using a West African uh, grammar and structure mm-hmm. uh, in order to create um, their own their own way of speaking um which is uh, which is lovely and and flavorful and and something I'd, I'd really like like to use but I can't ask my players to acquire an entire new way of speaking I do know there was one game which was supposed to be playing cavemen and that was part of the joke but if it's going to be more than a joke, it's worrying. Yeah, one of these days we need to play Ugtect, in, in which one caveman is directing other cavemen in how to build things. His main tool for this is an inflatable rubber hammer. Oh. But anyway, uh, yeah, the the thing that I have often started with is names. Um, yeah. Go, go, go and find a bunch of suitable names and then mash them up through a Markov chain. To, to produce something. Yeah, name, names are very important and a curse be upon all GMs who want something, all world creators, I should say, who want something that's flavourful but won't provide you with names. That, that, that I am very sympathetic, I've said this before, with Everway's uh, approach of having every name be metonymic, uh, meaning something. Mm. And and using um, and, and that way it doesn't really matter what the native words for uh, polysyllabic elephant are. If that's your name, polysyllabic elephant called Polly, Polly by her friends. Um, yeah, well, we we, we are not talking. 
Uh, and, no. and if we were, we, we would be going off and actually creating the languages and probably not actually having time to run games anyway. Oh. He managed to create the languages and write the books. But it took a while. Fair enough. It's true. It took most of his lifetime, I seem to recall. Uh, but, but yeah, while, while this is actually great fun to create uh, completely synthetic languages... Yeah. And there, there are people who have this as a as a major hobby. I don't think it's necessary or even particularly useful for gaming purposes because, apart from anything else, the players are probably not going to be terribly interested in learning them. No, quite. But I, but I think, as you're suggesting, if, if you just translate everything, um, but then start to draw drop hints as you know, the, the, this word is a bit like that word, and that, then you can yeah. get a lot of the benefits of. of a proper etymology without necessarily having to do do all the effort in it. One thing you can so get a lot... They, 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 this word for lump in the ground is, is not very different from, from the word for undead thing. And <sighs> well, I think one, one thing you can get a lot of mileage out of is a few new terms of art, new um, cultural terms, not just... You don't just want people to be generic people who are looked down upon. You want them to be looked down upon in a specific way and for specific reasons. It's it's very different if a culture d- despises somebody for being of a different bloodline, of a different religion. Um, they do all the dirty jobs. They killed our god. They are... Um, I mean, he got better, obviously. They, they were here before and we took their land away from them. And they're, therefore, they're the bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try, I, I think, uh, on the other hand, and terms of law mean that aren't the things uh, that you think they are. Um, uh, little yeah, things like I, in the real world, the Scots having having the verdict of not proven. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, the difference in land-holding uh, law from one place to another. We have to explain leasehold to Americans and the fact that the Queen, in some sense, officially owns everything. Which is, as I understand it, the legal basis for compulsory purchase. Yeah, but Americans have compulsory purchase. Yeah, but they have a different legal basis for it. The state comes along and says, give me your land. Basically, yes. And there's more of them than there are of you. Yeah, but that, that's how it works everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> But but the but words and assumptions and um, cultural differences. Uh, going back to Tecumel, because there are is, is where I'm drawing my best examples from. Um, there is the concept of Aridani. Um, Soliani women are not by default the equal of men, but they can go in front of a judge and say, "I'm a, I'm now a full citizen. I'm a full member of my clan," and that means you can get sued and bankrupted and challenged to duels um, rather than uh, sheltering back in the clan house. Um, mm-hmm. But but it but it's there as a concept. And what's the... Shamfla, that's the other one. Which is compensation for damage. Often informally given. But um, Shamfla is, is, is any um, legal or pseudo-legal uh, demand for compensation. And a few, a few copper. If you if you beat up somebody a little too hard, because um, he, he spoke to you insolently in the street, you threw a few coppers at his feet as shantla. 
I think one one thing you're uh, showing up there is that it's it's a really good idea not to reuse words that already have a meaning. Yes, because they will deceive people, and yeah. unless that's part of it, but that that that's its own bit of subtlety. I think, but, uh, but in general, uh, false friends are to be avoided, and and a weird foreign word, yeah, that you've made up, as long as it's at least vaguely memorable. Is, 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 I think is the best way to go here. I, 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 I'd, I would agree with, I would agree with that. But if you're, if you're playing, uh, but you can be deceived even in the most innocent of, um, of translations. Marriage is a word that you'll find a, a cognate for in all the languages of the human race, but it don't always mean the same thing. Mm. And uh, mine and possession and ownership are much more complicated than they look on the surface. I seem to remember in Larry Niven's short story in which an alien finds it hilarious that you use the same words for my hairbrush and my husband. <laughs> yes, and you're not allowed to sell your husband. Mm-hmm. Or even give him away. <laughs> yeah, I think one can have appropriate terms on if if you have a thing that works like counting coup in in in, a, in that the yeah. warrior section of the culture, then you might as well call it that, because your players are going to know what it means. No, your players are going to think they know what it. Means. They yeah they they won't be too wildly wrong. Yeah, the the idea of this is a non lethal attack to prove I could have killed you if I'd wanted to. Mm. Uh, but uh, only a few of them will will know the the full cultural and ethical significance of something like that. And I think whilst it's a good idea to start something like that with your um with your fantasy race or culture or whatever, I think you should probably first go and look at the actual um at the actual real world custom. Hmm. Um if we're talking about not disrespecting other people's culture. And then Really write it out in your own. Yeah. Why did terms. why 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 did they develop it this way? Yeah. And and, and, and then and, let's have a corresponding pressure in the history of, of this fantasy culture. Yeah. And let's find a way that it differs subtly, hmm. um, so that uh, well, the, it, so in that case, your players can be the incoming quotes civilized persons who are coming to see this and have mistaken assumptions about what's really going on, and you can play with that. Yeah, though of course, if if they're playing people from that culture, that yeah, you need slightly. to you need to uh, you need to have what my father told me about why we do this, my son. Hmm. Um, I, I I I'm aware that I need to be careful of uh, appropriating things where it will upset people, um, but I'm not that wary of appropriating things. Just on general grounds of it, of it being being offensive, I, I think it helps. And the, the the big choice that occurs to me is: do you, do you nick a whole culture and drop it down in somewhere else, or do you take bits and pieces from here and there? I think uh, I think you. Uh, I have in one of one of the settings I've used um, an Arabic culture, except that I imported the uh, Aridanic, Aridanic custom from Empire of the Petal Throne um, because I wanted the, the uh, greater degree of 
female equality right mm-hmm. from the start. I was going to say I I spoke earlier about finding your um, your husband's previous brides in the secret room, and I did that because I picked up a copy of Blackbeard's Bride. Um, at Blackbeard, Dragon. Bluebeard's Bride. Excuse me. Uh, Cap- Captain uh, Captain Edward Teach, otherwise known as Blackbeard, did not, according to the best of my knowledge, ever commit mul- multiple marital murder. I'm not sure he ever got married. <laughs> well, that that, it, that lets him right out then. Anyway, <laughs> Bluebeard's Bride. And I'm a bit wary of running it without a woman in the group. Hmm. Because, though, you're, I do not think... Um, I'm a bit wary of running it with a w- woman in the group. But because it looks like a very intense game, but I don't think I think without a woman amongst the players, I don't think it would fire quite in the right way. The esoteric order of role players did it. I can't remember now whether it was an all female group or all female but one, mm. uh, but that worked pretty well. Yeah, I really must get a chance. I, I, I have the feeling I'd be imposing it on most of my players um, and saying, here, do me a favour, let me run this. Uh, but that is not <laughs> always the always the right way to keep your players happy and content. There's all this stab come. True. Actually, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> all right. Cultural building. and Dialect is a much more complicated thing. But I think we can at least get as far as they have words for the things that are important to them. You have to find out what the, those things are. And they have some way, whether it's individual vocabulary words or modifiers, for indicating subtle differences in the things that are important to them. Yeah. Um, a worked example would be nice, but I don't have anything uh, to hand at this moment in time. Yeah, I haven't done much... Generating of cultures recently because, to some extent, I've been following um, Ken Height's dictum of, of set things in the real world because it's weirder there. Which is, is good advice. I tend to find myself ripping off the tropes of um, of the fictional depiction of real world cultures and reusing them and then throwing in a few... Um, a few wild cards, um, and the uh, the empire may look slightly Chinese, but there there are there are weird things in the back in the background, and and you the, don't give people Chinese names. And I don't give people Chinese names. I, I think on that occasion, I seem to recall using the Everway trick, and and uh, people, which works very well with Chinese, and people have meaningful names, and you don't bother to translate them. Mm. Out of English, but respect is a di- is a difficult thing. You never know quite where people's borders are going to be until you've violated them. Mm. And uh, I have numerous occasions in which I've been which I've been more sensitive in the past. To be honest, I don't quite know if there is a good way. I think we deal with terrifying subjects, death and. Undeath and evil and fighting against it, um, and I don't know any way to make those safe things to talk about. There, there is the X card um, proposal 
and put a card with large X on, on the middle of the table when you know there's going to be touchy subjects. And I approve of that for something like Bluebeard's Bride. Particularly, I think, the the idea but, that all somebody has to do is pick it up. They don't have to interrupt, speak up, yeah. break the flow of the thing. Because yes. that in itself is that a challenge. Itself is, is, Particularly is, if, you, if you're already feeling unhappy about something. Yeah. I find... But I don't know if I can put that card on the table for all of my games. Um... It, it it marks uh well it does mark as what what you're going to say is somehow special uh, maybe I should put it on the table I'm, I'm just wondering games. whether it's something I should do just all the time yes I mean it as a cultural custom um if it became commonplace I would follow it but I'm not sure I'm the one who wants to start the custom which is cowardly of me I will admit. I just have the difficulty that most of the time I'm playing face to face, we're not around a table. Oh, it's yeah. Sitting around a room in in uh, comfortable chairs, and so essentially everybody would need their own card for a start. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and finally, uh, I'm playing by. No, if it's e- I don't actually know if it might not be easier playing by over the internet uh, to do that sort of thing. Well, again, you'd be <sighs> one thing for everybody. Yeah, um, I, I I find it's more valuable when you're violating personal um, fears and terrors. Yeah, I, I've seen horror games where they specifically said uh, each player gets gets to name one thing that they don't want to have in the game. <sighs> some people get particularly squicked about violence to eyes, for example, and uh, so some somebody feels that way can just say, right, not in this one. Yeah. Um, it's only going to give me ideas. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> but the end of cultural respect is another thing entirely. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I just role play in a very limited group of people um, who have cultural and class expectations in common. Everybody I game with regularly is white and English, and most of them are male. And most of them are middle class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, I wish I hadn't been nasty to that BBC producer all those years ago. Um, when he's... Uh, he was hanging around an early Games Day or Dragon Meet and chatted to people about um, having uh, a, doing a, a documentary about it. And he said... Um, isn't it a very middle class hobby? And I said, uh, and I I went snarky at him and asked if he thought the working class were necessarily inarticulate, which was a bastard thing for me to do, and I really shouldn't have done it at the time. But I was a, I was a sarcastic young gentleman, and and had to show how clever I was, which probably explained why well, I don't get didn't get in, in, onto anything featured by the BBC about RPGs until about twenty years later. <laughs> Though it, it did occur to me at the time that have, having a house where you could have your friends around for several hours in reasonable comfort, yeah, is by definition is is is, is perhaps a barrier, yeah, for for below, for below middle class at least in some contexts. Yeah, um, I 
Well, I live in a one-bedroom flat, and I'm still going to have four people around uh, over Christmas for role-playing games. Yeah, but but you are not, for example, um, having four people in there, two to a bedroom. This is also true. And it's also sad that uh, uh, that there are so few uh, role-playing clubs nowadays, or at least there seem to be. I, I, I seem keep getting told that I'm lucky that um, I, I have a long, long-term uh, RPG club um, on my doorstep. Hmm. We have wandered a bit here. A bit, yeah. We have been trying to respect people all over the place. Yeah, if I find we end up... I, I can't now remember the details, but I, I've ended up mixing and matching things sometimes and discovered actually that the people the, that those two things did historically go together. Oh, oh well. <laughs> but it many shows that you have good instincts. Yeah. I, I think constructing a culture, you start with a shtick that you want... And yeah, then, what, 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 using the standard uh, discussion, um, the Doylist approach. What is the job of this culture in the in the, in the in, in terms of the narrative? What what do I want them to be? Yeah, there, there's a bit in one of the Dungeon Fantasy books, I think, which basically yeah. says you don't really need to design a world in detail, but you you need to say there's a frozen north because that's where the barbarians come from. <laughs> but that's all you need to know about it, and the player of the barbarian will fill in whatever's needed beyond that. Yeah, well, the, the co-creation is a good way for a lazy GM to... Uh, on the other hand, the, uh, the, the, the input of persons who want to play uh, uh, fur-covered barbarians may be unreliable. The... Uh, yeah, but... Assuming you want to get the culture in enough detail that you can play somebody from there, or more, a group of, pe- a group of people from there... That's more difficult. That every culture should have a defining stick from their own point of view, and from the point of view of the people outside. Mm. Consider how the English view themselves and how the rest of the world views them. We're yes, but that. they're wrong. We, we, we know we're better than everybody else. We're not that perfidious, <laughs> really. We're not. Uh, that was just about getting fixed until recently. But oh, yeah. that, 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 the perfidiousness has mutated into incompetence. It's quite <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. Still, we are we are still here, and we have defining characteristics. Um, we think we're polite. Um, we think uh, that we are law abiding, mostly. We think that going out and having a drink with your mates is a good idea. We think that you ought to buy a round. That's peculiar. It varies between places. Um... That I've I've seen a map somewhere of how the, how this works. All right, I could you, I, I could have basically used that yeah. one in some. some do do, do do you do you buy beer for everybody at your table? Do you buy beer for one end of your table? Do you just buy beer for yourself? Do you buy beer for everybody in the group that buy that, that bought beer for you the last time? Um, do you? Is it how cool is it to buy beer first when the group is small? <laughs> It all evens out in the end, more or less, but some people care a lot about the little little quirks at the edges and some people don't. Yeah, and um, people object when I, when I come up with outrageous things people get angry about when they fumble their uh, subway fair skills. <laughs> he wouldn't kill me for that, would he? Yes, he would. Yes, he would. A, 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 going to, a pub is a sacred trust. A sacred trust? <laughs> no, that's only, only if you drink way too much. Um, but uh, but you need some in some ways you don't need that de- degree of detail for a 
fantasy culture. In some ways, you need even more because you don't know about duels and uh, yeah. Well, I, th- I think there are two two lobes of this. What one is, do- does the party fit into this alien environment, yeah. which really should be a matter of character skill. Mm. And parallel with that, you have how how does the round buying pro- process work? When when you go into a pub, do you sit down at a table and wait for somebody to turn up, or do you, do you go up to the bar? That's yeah. is there a bar? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which is the sort of thing you get with your savoir faire or uh, cultural familiarity or whatever the, whatever yeah. the game system supports. And that, that I suspect, in, ideally colours how the GM describes it. Yeah, I, I, I think most player character cultures are going to be something you, you're used to with a few differences. And I think the cultures you go out into are going to be something you think you're used to but with differences you trip over. Um, going to yeah. a ma- marriage ceremony outside your your cultural band can be a nightmare, I should imagine. <laughs> I'm also thinking that in, in the classic adventuring case, the, the here here is a bunch of uh, hev- heavily armed people who, who can burn this place to the ground. We will establish the cultural equivalent of a lingua franca for dealing with them. Because there are going to be a bunch of them. We want to keep the inn intact. Yeah. Um, I, I think you, you are going to get the equivalent of a pigeon. Yeah. But in cultural terms, so yeah, these guys come in, they want drinks, we will go over and offer them drinks. Mm. Or whatever. These people are providing us with free drinks. We must come here again. <laughs> they don't seem to mind, do they? Oh, no, no, no. The sweating is perfectly normal. They, they, they know what these, these tiny little copper coins that are barely worth the trouble of hauling out of the dungeon. Are you sure that's copper? <laughs> it didn't melt when it got fireballed. Well, the, the culture clash is the fun bit, um, but it also could be the embarrassing bit if you do it wrong. Um, as I say, marriage customs and who you've just proposed to um, unknowingly. Hmm. Uh We've wandered a fair way from... Um, we have. Well, uh, from where we started. We, we digress. We do, that on a regular basis. Um, I think... Is it easier to make up a culture from scratch? Has anybody ever done that? I think whatever one does, one, one is going to start finding that some other culture has done it. Oh, uh, yeah, there are... Only... And even if one tries to, to make things... Um, different one's going to end up well okay well it's not that different because there's a limited limited range of human behaviors yeah that takes us on to the worry about non-human behaviors and semi-human behaviors there's a there's a good um well an interesting thread on the sj game site which uh is about elven politics and why elves who live for a long long time and well, in forests, why they need politics in the first place. Mm. And is it depressing when the king is going to stay the same for hundreds of years? Yeah, that was a thing that uh, came up a little bit on um, the Tekeli.ly discussion forum, uh, talk, talking about vampire. Yeah. If you have the situation where you have, you know, 80-something vampires in the whole of London, yeah, and for the most part they don't die, using the term loosely, you, you're going to have that that setting of uh, 
there, there is only one other person I talk to who shares this particular interest with me, and I really don't like them, but they're the only people I can talk to about it. Yeah. I, I have to keep seeing all these tedious people who tell the same old jokes again and again. Oh, dear me, yes. Be- because it is just <coughs> this tiny group. Uh, uh, and that's Uncle Oscar. He seldom comes out of the sewers. Uh, but when when he does, just nod and say yes. <laughs> but uh, with vampires, you would get the... The sense of striving and wanting to be on the top and uh, wanting to be the one who says, yes, yes, you can rip that person's throat out. <laughs> Whereas with elves, it's it's more, how is your tree? My tree is fine. How is your tree? Have the humans come and chopped down any of your trees recently? No, I ripped their throats out. <laughs> ah, well done. And did their blood fertilise the ground? <laughs> yeah, we must... Uh, yeah, but but... Moving to, to non-human species, that's even more difficult. And, and it, it does tend to collapse into the same things. They, they're born, they reproduce, they die, they speak, they trade, with a few quirky differences, like cutting your throats if you're not a vegetarian. Yeah, and it, it, it's very easy to say these elves are cliched American Indian. Oh, I, I, I think I've got more elves as cliched European aristocrats or... You know, yeah, nice Melnibanaeans. But but any of these on their own is an easy option, and it's going to it's going to play like an easy option. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the tricky surface and yeah, the tricky bit is getting to the implications of the differences you've written you've written in. They're all they live in forests. They have magic. They don't die. It's got to mean it's got to make a great deal of difference to the way their culture works. I'm not sure it's ever that easy to... That, that then changes everything. For example, do, they're probably going to accrue, accrue either a lot more stuff than humans because of a long lifespan, or a lot less, hmm. because all these things are essentially ephemeral anyway. True. Um, yeah, a, 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 an elf-turned-collector would be worth, worse, worse than hobbits that way. <laughs> right, I worry about hobbits too. I, I, somebody ought to worry about the sex life of hobbits. And why? Yes, no, no. I and and, and the there. money you could make by going to Hobbiton with a barrel of gout medicine. Oh, it's not true about that port and gout. I'm told. I think it was your <laughs> wife who who told me that, that wasn't. No, true. but consider all the rich foods as well. Yes, it's true. It's true. Um, I, ju- I just I just think a, a, a wheelbarrow for hire um, mm. uh, service would do terribly well in Hobbiton after a big feast. <laughs> In any case. In any case, we have wandered a good uh, uh, deal afar, and I think we should stop wandering. If you would like to tell us about the brilliant cultures that you have designed... Especially if you have not been speculating on the sex life of the Hobbit. Very, very few people uh, uh, do uh, do that. Or what's behind uh, the secret passage in your lair. Or, or indeed what setting you found too intimidating to run. Then we'd love to hear from you, either uh, by leaving a message on the website or by email. Podcast at tekili.ly and next month we'll be back. And um, as it's the new year, as this drops, let us wish you a prosperous, happy and productive one.